Hi, everyone. This is Jenny G. Perry, and you are listening to Goddess and Gab and Vito Mucci, right? Is that how you say it? Mucci. Mucci. I love it. I love it. Um, mm. Welcome to the podcast. I'm already having so much fun with you. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm the luckiest girl in the world to connect oh, with you. my Facebook friends. So welcome. And tell, can you tell my audience about you? Anybody who's new to you? New to me. Yes, I am. Hmm. I'm a shaman. I'm an author. I, uh, I wrote a book. I'm in a divine union with a wonderful woman, which um, has developed into a, a mini TV show on YouTube. And um, I really just, I try to put out content pretty much every day to raise consciousness. I'm big on consciousness. The book I wrote is a textbook on consciousness, things that I don't believe have been tapped by the psychological you know, school of uh, social thought. So that's really my thing is expanding consciousness for everybody and processing emotion and creating a healthier, more enriching life. That's pretty much who I am. Mm, I love that. I know expansion, like we've used so many words. I I like to talk to my guests um, for a few minutes before the podcast and me and Vito, of course, because I think we could talk for five hours because we're having (laughs) so much fun. Uh, but you definitely that that expansion and freedom is definitely something that you and I are about. And yeah, I talked yeah. about with you how I feel like you and I are trying to really live on like all those levels. And we see other people kind of do you think it's a fear to not fully live or why do you think everybody's not living on all their levels? And and that might not even make sense to someone else, but I know you get them. Absolutely. I get it. I think, um, I think there's, there's, there's two aspects to it. I think um, that it hasn't been modeled for us. I think that the previous generations, they had an expectation of living with a certain amount of feeling and processing a certain amount of emotion and pretty much repressing the rest. And I think as like a species, having moved from caves, we're only prepared to deal with a certain amount of basically internal chaos. And I think because the people before us have not learned to deal with it, they've shut down to anything they can't control. This is not their fault. It is not, it's just a, I think it's a natural evolution of the species to begin to feel more and want a more enriching life. And so I think it really needs to be, um, how should I say it, learned and taught and welcomed in society so that's really that's really where my focus is and that's i i that that i think is the issue we weren't modeled for it and we need to start teaching it Mm. and and you know what you're making me you're making me want to understand more because i think that what we fear is what we don't understand so when people are not like us we are like we have to make it bad. We have to label it because we don't know how to compartmentalize any other way. So as a woman, okay, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about the balancing of divine feminine, divine masculine on the planet right now. And as a woman, let me in to the male aspect here. Like what, what are we not getting as women? Like what do we not understand? Because I know right now there's um, – one guy posted on my Facebook about how like women are like hating men right now. I'm like, I don't know where the hell you're at, but I guess that's what he's feeling because there's so much girl power right now. I think, I think a lot of men are feeling that. And I think, I think there is a, 
I think there is a certain amount of threat that men are feeling because their role is changing. And, you know, the, the, the feminine role changed, you know, about 50 years ago, 60 years ago, when women started going to work and taking on like the, the idea of productivity in the hunter gatherer male female relationship kind of changed. And the thing is, the, the, the masculine feels like it's lost its role, but it hasn't lost its role. Its role just needs to change focus because women are now, they're simply more alive. It's, they're accessing their desires at a deeper level. They're creating at a higher, higher like kinetic energy level. Like it's gorgeous. But, you know, men have kind of, men feel like they have, lost their ability to protect because they're not fighting tigers you know we're not we're not necessarily the breadwinners we're not necessarily i mean we're bigger and stronger but there's no um like whereas a hundred years ago a man would exert that dominance like the like my grandparents my grandfather beat my grandmother that was part of their relationship which is weird to say but that's how he felt dominant and could keep his role which is unfortunate and really terrible but now you have situations where men don't feel like men and naturally they blame women which is wrong <laughs> it's just freaking wrong so <laughs> so so when you get so when you get men that are reacting to this lack of having a role they simply need to be taught what their role is and that's, that's kind of where I come in. That's kind of what my thing is. And while I teach processing emotion for every human being, processing emotion and living with emotion is something that men don't need to, like they have never really needed to do that in a relationship. And that is actually the tiger that needs to be fought and killed now, is the ability to hold space that is not react negatively or let your reaction overwhelm you whenever there is an emotional activation with their partner or within themselves. Like that's the big thing. That is the new, there is a new frontier. There is a new adversary for men to conquer. They just haven't figured it out yet. Vito, I love you. <laughs> I love it. The new frontier. And you know, oh. it's just bringing up so much within me because I know that, you know, I'm in a relationship that's super expansive and, you know, my husband loves, you know, all the dimensions of me and, and I'm complicated. I don't hide anything from him about who I am. And I think Absolutely. that that's, that's like a beautiful thing where I feel like I need him, but I don't need him in a way. You know what I mean? Like, and you have this like beautiful tango within a relationship where you can feel safe to meet the other person and still be a strong woman. I mean, you know, I'm a strong woman and I'm sure I, I would intimidate certain men because you can't control me and Absolutely. you should never want to control a woman. But I get mm -hmm. what you're saying with your grandparents in that. And to me, like to love a wild woman is like the guys don't understand, like you're afraid that she's going to leave you or not yeah. need you, but like she's going to take you on an adventure and That's you are going to be so glad that you're on that ride. Like, I can't even imagine a guy wanting to be with a doormat any more than as a woman that I'd want to, be, you know, be with a doormat where this emasculating men, like, help me understand that because that I would never want to do that to my sons. And so right. my sons actually are super emotional beings. Like, 
you know, anger and crying and everything, just like my daughters are. So I don't see myself squashing that. And I really, you know, I, it's important to me not to do that. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's an internal thing first. I think the, the, when we think of masculine and feminine in relationship in the world, we see the, we see when it's not working, when it's not being celebrated, the men are really into controlling their own environment. And so the woman is a part of that environment for them rather than, you know, a separate being who has all of these abilities that need to be celebrated. Um, the, the reason that happens is because they're taught that the feminine within themselves needs to be controlled. So for me, my feminine, my heart, my inner child, my inner playful person um, is this wildly creative, spontaneous, intelligent being. And it's very feminine. It's very allowing. It is all of the feminine qualities are the things within me that I noticed society was telling me to shut down. Like from when uh-huh. I was a kid, I'm like, well, society wants your hair this way. I'm like, that's a joke. I ain't doing that. <laughs> like society <laughs> wants you to behave this way. I'm like, oh, no, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. So the creative and spontaneous within the man is the first thing the man shuts down. In his life, he becomes accustomed to shutting down anything spontaneous and uncontrollable. This is what transfers into relationships in the future. So he knows that when he sees something uncontrollable, whether it's tears when he's a kid and his dad tells him to stop crying, whether it's you know playing with dolls and his dad's like, that's not masculine. Whatever it is where he's expressing himself in a way that is completely uncontrollable and spontaneous, we're generally told in society to shut that down. And again, a thousand years ago, that may have been the right thing to do because we were battling city-states in Europe and we had to get ready for war. That's not life now. It's just not. I mean, there are definitely places in the world where people are struggling on a daily basis, and I'm not taking anything away from that. Yeah, but, I know we can still, but we can still expand in this area without having it really affect those other areas. Unless you're actively fighting and killing people, empathy is a good thing. And really, like besides warlords in Africa, there's no super war-torn area in the world right now. And there shouldn't uh-huh. be because we're becoming civilized species. So, You know what? It's interesting that you said that about the empathy because my one son who's seven, he will get so emotional and I see myself in him in the way of like, you know, I would, I would see the like starving kids in Africa on commercials and I would be like debilitated and I've had to teach people as a life coach and, you know, spiritual healer on how to maintain your empathness because when you're an empath, you can watch something on a screen that's not real, but you know the emotion that is being elicited from that, or you can hear about a story, I would literally be like thinking about a story that was horrible that happened and it would like, I would physically feel ill from it and like, you know, be traumatized. And I feel like I was trying to, which I think a lot of light workers that were coming out of this right now, we need certain vows that we thought we had to. One was a vow of poverty, okay? Right. And one was also trying to trying to process some of the pain for others so they don't feel it. But here's the thing. We're not actually processing their pain. 
it, we don't take anything away from them. We're not actually no. doing that. We, we thought are, we were. Processing pain, we're just but it's not helping then. them. Yeah, sorry, Dana, sorry. What, what, what was that last part? I stepped on you. Sorry. No, no, we're both like so. We're like little kids. We're both so excited. We're like, <laughs> but no, it, we are not processing the pain for other people. And as a mother, okay, say if I'm watching like my daughter, she won a pageant. And as a mother, I hate that shit. I hate competition. But, you know, I'm there to support her. But I would feel like I would take all of like her nerves and put them in my belly. I'm not right. really doing that. But I feel like I'm helping in some way. And just like when I'm empathizing with someone else and tapping into their pain, I feel like light workers thought they were doing someone a favor by being able to empathize. But there's a line there where you cross your own boundary where it's almost like you're you're hurting yourself then. You're and, not taking a pain away. Well, and you're not connecting. If you're trying to martyr for somebody, if you're trying to remove their pain, if you're trying to make them not feel it, you're not connecting one-on-one -on -one with them. You can't hear them. It's disrespectful, actually. <laughs> it's, well, also, it's, here's the thing that empaths can do in that way is that I know for myself, I would want you to get over whatever you're going through because I don't want to feel it anymore. Right. So I want to help you, like, get over your shit. And actually, I can be very impatient where if somebody wants to coach with me, they have to want to work fast in the way that if I'm, like, in a victim place, say if someone hurts my feelings or whatever, I have a certain turnaround time on my victimhood and it's short versus before sure. it used to be like a day and a week and all that, right? But when you know your own consciousness, you like I couldn't sit there and coach somebody who was going to go over the same thing for months and months and months and months and, and right. not want to move forward and that's because that's just not where I'm at. Coach, because my turnaround time is too fast. I grew up with somebody who was you know, threatened by cancer. So I can't do the victim thing for longer than like five minutes. That's why I basically don't coach. I have a few people I mentor here and there, but like in general, I can't do it because that turnaround time is so vastly different. Which, you know, what? I'm glad that you said that because in some ways I think that, you know, as a woman, like we're talking about shattering this like male and female shit, but I can be a major bitch in the way that like, I don't have time for certain things because I know all about that. Like I, you know, somebody hurt my feelings like uh, like a week ago and I was like being such an ass in my own head about like, you know, feeling sorry for myself. And then once you come out of the fog of that, you're like, oh my God. Like, so I can't play with other people in that. So the only thing I could do is hold space for them, but that means I have to be away from you because I can't be in that. I can't sit there and, and play in that because it's, that's not what my role is here. And no. I think that that's what you're saying, too, is that we came here for different things. And I'm glad you I'm so glad you just, in a way, didn't even realize you validated me because it could be looked at as I'm not being compassionate. But it's like I want to I'm, I'm that person that I want to push you forward. I don't right. want to stay there. I, I just, you know, I think you and I came here to do big missions. And that's part of it. Well, I think so. I think it's it's so it's so it's a solution based mentality. I call it opportunity consciousness. Like as soon as something I bad happens, like you, you grieve for how long you need to grieve. So when I work with somebody, if something bad happens, I'm like, okay, you're grieving now. Go ahead and grieve and come back to me when you're done. Because my job is to move forward and you need to sit in this for a minute. And that's cool. And like, I have grieving moments too. And I don't even go to anybody when I'm grieving because I know I'm grieving. There has to be a moment. All right, Peter, you made my day. 
and everybody's moment is different, but they don't need me for that. That's not what I do. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just, just well, not, it's not, not, not what I do. P, like grief, grieving is a solitary thing. I can't really help with that. Well, what I say is, and you really did make my day with this because it's like, honestly, for, for me to say that, like, you purchase your shit and I come back to you when you're ready to move forward. It sounds like I'm such a, you know, bitch because that I went from that good girl being that people pleaser, good girl to then being an empowered woman. And so right. see, my mind goes to label it as bitch when it's not. I mean, but actually my acronym for bitch is being in truth clearly hurt. Like I'm being in my truth, clearly heard. But what I say with people is that, you know, if something goes on and I'm trying to process it, that's what I'm doing. So I might call you up and say, Vito, can you like listen to me for a second? Something happened. I want your perspective on it. And so I tell you what happened and we, and and you allow me to process it. So I'm not being in victim. I'm letting you know what I'm feeling. Maybe what the other person's feeling. It's a process, right? So you can go to, I tell people all the time. You can go to your husband, your mother, or your, you know, your best friend and, and your, you know, therapist or whatever. Go to two Primary people. relationships. Past, yep. Yeah, but past two people, now you're creating a drama. So if you need right. to tell more than two people about this process that you're going through, then you are creating a drama and you want to be victim. And what those people will do is they want you to feed into it. And if you will not, oh then they will get very angry because they yep. want you to feed their victim. And I can't do that anymore because we are elevating out of that. We're completely. And so with doing mindset work, like I do, when people say certain things, it's almost like it makes my skin crawl. Like when right. someone says something's expensive and I'm like, that's such a limiting belief. Like I just see the red flags. And what I would tell people listening is even if you don't have a coach or, or whatever, be aware of your processes. Be aware of the talk in your head when you say things like that. Because I'm human. That stuff still comes up. Does it still come up for you, Vito, where you Absolutely. notice like a belief that comes I, up? Mm-hmm. My observer consciousness is running nonstop. I'm always watching my brain for things that are red flags to me because <clears throat> anything that pulls me out of anything that pulls me out of my uh, I, I I don't want to say purpose, but I think the best word is probably purpose. So I'll just say it. Um, anything that pulls me out of what I'm doing to fulfill myself during the day is definitely a red flag. And I don't want those to continue. So I grab them, I highlight them and I dismiss them. It's conscious val- yeah. validation. And I, I, it's just a huge, a huge thing being able to dismiss thoughts, words, anything that's not helpful, you know? Well, also that's thing. the thinking that sometimes people don't realize is that, if you have a thought that passes by in your brain, I look at it as like when you count sheep, like, you know, it's just passing on through. Right. And it's not actually necessarily yours. Like your brain doesn't hold me. these thoughts. No. I mean, no, they're you in consciousness. De- you got to de-identify with the thoughts because they're not necessarily, they're not necessarily ours. No. And that's where like, if you're really tapped in, you can feel what's in the collective consciousness, which you and I are very self-aware of, you know, we've done a lot of work on ourselves if yep. you have not done anything of, you know, spiritual studies or personal development or anything, you'd probably think you're insane because you'd be tapping into things. And I'm always questioning. I'm like, I wonder what that is. Like, is that mine? You know, because if there's something going on on the planet, you're probably going to feel it. And Absolutely. you don't, you want to, you want to take it on as yours. But I mean, after the election, there was a really weird energy going on. I mean, it really affected people. Really? Yeah, it did. did you feel that? Vito? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm still, it took I, people I, down. 
it's different now, but it's it's still there. It's it's there now, but it was like people were taken down. Like there was this sorrow, there was this anger. I mean, it was it was a grieving process, and it was it was uh, you know we're still trying to figure this whole process out. And I really don't want to get political because that's like not even part of this whole thing. But I do think it is. It, it kind of highlighted. It's part, it's part of the world, of, and and you know, and when there's regardless of what side anybody was on, there was a huge amount of animosity, more animosity than I think I've ever seen around le- world governance and leadership in my entire life. And I can't imagine. Oh my that God! It, yeah. I can't imagine that it was more powerful at any other time in the world because of social media and the way everyone was expressing to each other in a just like really brutal manner for a long time. And but it, yeah. and it was so male and female though. That's the crazy thing. Like yeah. it became almost like this battle where like as a woman, and I'm not trying, I don't really give a shit who you voted for. Like this, it's none of my business what anybody else is doing but myself. But as a woman, I had a really hard time with the grab your pussy thing, like that women could vote for some person who said that. And of course, we've all said things, you know, in, in, um, at times of our lives. And one I've lady wanted said, to. I've never to, said that. I've never heard that in no, a locker room. But, I've know, never heard, you know. I know, I know, I know. I, I was saying, in like, sports. You know, I never heard it. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and no, but somebody wanted to defend him and saying that, would you want to be judged for what you said in high school? And I'm like, dude, is he in high school? I was like, I'm glad we're not judging me on what I did in high school. Like, it's insane. But what I'm saying is that there was people that felt like that, you know, that they were like, oh, well, you know, we've all said things. And it's like, honestly, like the men that I know, they would never think that you can just do that. That's actually like disgusting. And so as a woman, I had a really hard time with that. Like, what are we willing to look past? For the greater good and that's what some people were thinking it just became like and and i think that that's that's where you know it threatens men that we're having this power struggle and so what do you think we can do to help this because as we are now moving into a new kind of consciousness you're seeing that like with transgender and everything like are we are really in an interesting time with that on what gender is actually going to be yeah i i um when it comes to um, the 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 male side of it, I'm not even going to say masculine because it's become a little bit of a. I, I think the the everyday social masculine is pretty perverted and juvenile, which again, yeah, that's a judgment. I'm just going to go ahead and make that because the dismissing of other human beings um, and their wants, desires, personal space. Um, that's juvenile at best and toddlerhood at worst. And I don't think, I think that men feel like um, our asking them to be a little bit better is, is really, they feel persecuted, which, you know, I, 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 I get it. Like equality feels like persecution to the privileged, but this is the thing. They're the, like men are losing. Like it's not, it's not that men are losing something they are losing themselves and they're losing their ability to connect because the world around them is changing. And the thing that I see as the biggest issue when men grow is guilt. Guilt is, um, and I, I know this is usually 
like the idea of guilt and shame um, is generally seen around like female sexuality and creativity and power you know the idea of breaking through that but men's guilt they can't process it and the inability to process having made mistakes and having had failures um is is really crippling men because in truth being a man is about failing it really is this is where we build the foundation for what's going to be our household and our family this is where we get our strength is through failure. And when society demonizes failure, it's literally demonizing the thing that ends up making a man a man. So, you know, if, if Donald Trump, like at, at some point had to, if, if he could just say, yeah, that was a really, really awful thing I said, not locker room talk, like, honestly, that was just terrible. Like, that's all he had to say is come out and face the shame. I made a mistake, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and move through it. But he just defended it like it was normal. You don't say it's normal or it's okay. You say, yeah, I crossed the line. That was really, really bad. Like my, the mistakes I've made in my life and their, their, my ability to come to terms with them is what makes me a man. Not the fact that uh. I don't have them anymore. Like I still make terrible mistakes on, you know, all the time. And while they may not be at the level it was when I was 22 and, you know, just completely out of control, it's because I dealt with those that I'm capable of dealing with my mistakes on an everyday level now. Because while, you know, if it didn't feel as big of a deal to do horrible things, you know, I, I'm not going to say do horrible things to people. I never did horrible, horrible things, but I definitely hurt people in my early 20s. But I can tell you, I definitely feel more guilt as a father for making a mistake with my kids. And man, we make mistakes with our kids. That's just part of life. And so on a daily basis, I have to face guilt. And I can do that because I've practiced. And I don't see anybody else really practicing. They'd rather blame shift or say something's normal or justify the mistake rather than facing it. And I think if we continue justifying bad behavior, we're going to have a real problem. I think it's interesting that you said that, too, because I think as a parent, your job is to model what you do as you navigate through making mistakes versus if you are this perfect person, how could your child even learn? Right. Yeah, that's what that's one of the biggest things I model is when I'm especially for me, because I have PTSD and have panic attacks, like I let my kids see it. I tell them, it's okay, I got this, but this is something that happens and this is how you work through it. (laughs) And what a beautiful thing. And I think that when you make mistakes and you show children that you forgive yourself, that is one of the biggest challenges for people in life is not being able to forgive themselves. Yeah, it is. When they make mistakes. Because that leads to like internal, it really is a type of perversion when we can't accept ourselves because we have to twist our inner child and the, the, our integrity into something that it's not so that it looks better to us so that we can deal with it. And instead of trying to process it and allow it and accept it to just be what it is, which is history. Mm, I love that. I know. Seriously, it's like it's been there, done that. Like it's already over. Um, it really, 
it's it just interesting because I think children, like I, I look at my children and what uh, my kids say the funniest things, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. And my seven-year-old, he takes dance class and he, he is like such a like rough and tumble boy and he takes dance class. He takes snow ballet. He drives my dad nuts because my dad's like Archie Bunker. And I <laughs> want to keep him in this, like, he's like, I'm my own man. And I'm like, you are your own man. I love that about him. Like, he, he, he sometimes there no filter you got to love. Because he was like, he saw something on the internet and, and he was like, you know, I've always wanted to be in a black gang. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, sometimes the things that they say, you're like, where <laughs> in the world would you get that? He just thinks, like, African-Americans are cool. It's just um, so crazy. And then, like, literally, you know, I see on Instagram, there's this uh, makeup blogger, and he's a boy. And I listen to, you know, the different ages that they're at on, like, how much they think for themselves. So my 10-year-old, I said, I'm starting to see a lot more male makeup bloggers and he was like well that's because they're accepted now and I'm like oh my god like it makes me want to cry in like the fact that you know you know my seven-year-old's talking about race like you know it's not a big thing and then you know my 10-year-old talking about like you know transgender like it's not a big thing like what a different time period we're in in the fact that they're learning acceptance but like you're saying is that you really can never accept anybody else unless you accept yourself yeah, if, if you're not accepting of yourself, you're always going to be looking for someone to demonize because you have to justify the demonization that you're doing internally. Like if you're not demonizing yourself internally, why would you? Why would that even be a thing that you do? Like the idea uh-huh. of demonizing somebody else is is honest. Like I don't even know where it comes from. It's got to come from doing it with the self first and having dissatisfaction with who we are or or what the uncontrollable parts of us are wanting or doing it's got it's got to be that because why would anybody do that what does it serves zero um survival purpose like there's no point in it well that's where like the judgment comes in too like you and i before we before we were on the podcast we were talking about you know releasing judgment and how much freer it is to not judge people and I love that. I love when I can see that I don't judge something that I did in the past because also who has time to judge? Like there's way more things I'd like to focus on than that. But we're ending the podcast and I want you to tell the audience about your podcast. Is it a podcast or it's a TV show? It, it's, it's really like kind of a mini, mini TV show. Um, Cause it's going to be like eight to 12 minutes in that area. Some are a little shorter, some are a little longer, but um, we've been wanting to, Claudia Coniglio, my mate, and I have been wanting to put something out so that our energy and ideas can spread with everybody. And this was, we finally found, it was interesting because we were watching the boys putting on makeup, the same, the same guys probably. And their, their little shows were so fun and interesting that we were like, we, we can do that. So Divine Union TV um, rolled out this last weekend and that's pretty much the thing we want to be entertaining and fun and we want to express how we live I'm people call us uh, twin flames and we pretty much resonate with that idea but that you know most people are focused on getting together and finding a soulmate that's only like a quarter of the battle the real hard part is how do you live with a human being in an authentic manner 
through all of the conflicts that come up between the two of you and the difficulties of everyday life. And that's what we're covering on Divine Union TV is basically how to live in honor of life and each other. That's what we want to do. And um, that's, that's, we're really excited about it and basically geeked up completely. And so where can they find out more about it? Oh, we took Divine Union TV on every platform. Uh, so any, if you type in Divine Union TV on your, your computer, one of our like 8 million sites will show up. Like it's, we're on YouTube okay. mainly, but uh, we're everywhere. And you're taking over, baby. And so also, what is your book called? Oh, my book is a textbook on consciousness called Coffee for Consciousness 101, The Application of Perspective to Reality. And I'm in the middle of my second book or about to finish my second book now. And pretty much all the books I do in the future will be referring back to this because it's literally a textbook. It's 550 awesome pages. And, you know, it, it's really, it's really like a, a, a resource. It's, it's really a resource book as much as it is, you know, a, a book about consciousness. That's all I know. And I know the name because I see all the time and I love your posts that I follow as well on social media. Yeah. Um, so I knew it was coffee. I just couldn't remember the long title, but it's, it's coffee of consciousness one-on-one, right? That yes. What you yep. Yeah. You can get That's that on Amazon and Kindle. It's kind of a big book, so it's expensive on Amazon, but, but the Kindle is like nine bucks or something like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you always make me think with all of your posts. And I think that, you know, what's needed is, is for women and men to talk about where they're coming from. And I hope that, you know, women got something out of this. And then the men, I feel like, you know, you gave them the potential to liberate themselves from having to play that role that is like expiring, right? Where you don't it's, have to like, really, keep this archetype. Really inspired. We, we get to celebrate women now and enjoy them rather than having to control them. That is a wonderful thing. Well, and going back even for just a split second about the um, grabbing comment, but like, I don't know why anybody would ever want to like make anyone else do anything because there's nothing like being able to turn someone on and like, I mean, I think that's like, it makes you feel like a superpower. I don't know why, like, to me as a man, I would, I would just be like, I get to do this. Like, that's so freaking awesome. So yeah, and that's it's, really, where, it's really huge. It's really an awesome thing. Yeah. And I think that that way of, you know, dominance was, you know, something that, you know, we're putting in the past because now we know that how much more fun we can have when we're yeah, not trying to control way, people. There's way more fun when we don't dominate. Like, exactly. way more fun sharing is way yeah. better and getting to be ourselves right and that's where Absolutely. with with you and your wife it's really like when you can fully accept yourself like everybody that's looking for their twin flame you know it's like you know do the inner work like work on yourself because the other person's not going to complete you it's not like you're looking for that other half and and there are people that you know they are going to have different you know twin flames in their life I don't know, you know everybody just has one i i don't know Maybe people came for different experiences. I'm with one person, you know, that I'm choosing to, but it's, it's an adventure and not everybody wants that, you know? Right. It's supposed to be an adventure. It's supposed to be uncontrollable and difficult and therefore enriching. But just mm, we're, well, we're yeah. speaking toward an enriching, an enriching life. And that's what society is moving towards. Quality of life, thriving, mm -hmm. enriching. 
rather than just surviving because that's how that's how every species i would believe on every planet that has life would be going about it mm -hmm. once you've got survival down you get quality of life next and that's what we're right in the middle of exactly and i think that you know ending this on a positive note for people you know it's it this is where the law of attraction some people are for the law of attraction some people are not what i will say is that what I love is that whatever you focus on, you do create more of. It's just, it's the law. And if you were focused on like, you know, people are good and, and the good in the world and positivity, you will see more of it. And Absolutely. you're going to attract a match to that. And so I think like, you know, what an amazing time to be alive. Like yeah, it is. you can it look is at it. It's really awesome. Yeah, exactly. And so there are people that are going to think that we're crazy for saying that, but it's like, okay, change your mindset and look at the way your life might change. Look at the way your world might change. You know, we're, Ops, it's, it's messy. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying opportunity con con consciousness is like a goal in and of itself. If you can see everything as an opportunity, then you're like three quarters of the way to anywhere you want to be immediately. Mm. And being human is messy and love yes. is messy. Like, just think about like being a kid like that's part of the fun of it right like not having everything in perfect order and like trying to figure out like what you can make out of this mud right we're making mud pies right now Vito. That's, what we're we're, that's what that's what we're doing that's where joy is mm, i love that yep and in living right now in this moment in today i am filled with gratitude thank you so much for being on here and for connecting with me and for being who you are because imagine if if you kept in this bigness that you have so much like the world would be wrapped i'm glad that, you're oh, here. I'm glad that you that you let yourself be fully yourself and i can't wait to thank see you. more oh thank you so much yes thank you so much Vito. and everybody this is jenny g perry and you are listening to goddess and gas